0: I'm so excited. This week we have um, another return to authenticity journey, um, as I'm calling it, for um, all of us decoders to witness people who have understood their avatar for quite a few years and have had some time to settle into it and what kind of transitions they've had. So today in the studio, we have our beautiful Zoe Ananda Scar. She is a... Um, CFO and consultant um, to entrepreneurs and startups in Norway and she's um, with us today to just share um, some stories and and get into some juicy stuff. Hi I'm Kieran Trace. Welcome to Humans Decoded, a story of hobbits, fairies, elves, dwarfs, gnomes and humans. If you get lost at any point there is a deep dive on all the different avatars in episode one. It includes notes. Thank you for joining us in a fun little chat about the vast potential of our human makeup. Hi Zoe. Hi Kieran. I'm so glad that you're joining us. I'm pretty interested myself in just hearing some of these stories. So I'm happy that you were interested in sharing with everybody. Yeah, I'm
1: so glad to be here. I've learned about Avatar since all the way since back in at retreat many years ago. Yeah, many years ago, <laughs> back
0: like 2017.
1: Yeah, and then in the beginning it was just like this fun little part, but then started really embodying it—the Avatar that I am—and it changed my life in so many ways. <laughs> Great. We want to hear all about it. Yeah, and even though um, it's not my natural habitat to common a po- podcast, I just was just a yes when you when you asked me.
0: First of all, when you first learned about those avatars, did you did you sense right away what you were? I did not.
1: No, I remember us sitting in the orchard room at Mamadana and you were talking about avatars. We we're listening. It was so you know so fun to learn about it. And then I asked you what avatar I am. You think I am? And you said, Yeah, you're probably an elf. And I was like, yeah, I'm an elf. I'm a cool elf. It it made sense on some level because I'm sensitive to energy and I can put up energy shields. So for a year there, I thought, you know,
0: yeah. And you also like move fast. You move a lot. Back in those days, you would move really fast. And you're very in the ideal world and in the mental world and um, really had a lot of like, you know, working with innovators and being an innovator. And so there was a lot of places. You're very organized and structured. So it was a natural thing to be like, oh, (laughs) it's (laughs) probably in this area. Yes.
1: And I have come to see that that's a lot of conditioning moving fast for me. So a lot of conditioning. And then next year at retreat, you said, no, I think you're a hobbit. And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm an elf. (laughs) I want to be an elf. I want to be a cool elf. But the thing that really pivoted for me was when you said, "Um, okay, so just put on the avatars and see what feels like an exhale, what feels like a yes. And I put on Hobbit and I felt like this huge exhale. Like, yes.
0: Oh, I'm a (laughs) hobbit. (laughs) And then... um like were there key moments shortly thereafter when it confirmed itself to you?
1: yeah, yeah, I could see that I could move slower I could take I could take my time, I can see that in my work, for example, um I love doing Excel spreadsheets. I love getting into having the time to get into the details um, so and then of course, I understand and I can relate to form. Which is good when I'm knitting, I, like I'm, I'm pottering, I'm doing pottery. Uh, so, yeah, so it made sense on all kinds of levels to
0: be And in a I hobby. think it's really cool too, because um, a lot of times when we're talking about the avatars, especially the hobbit, we talk a lot about moving through material form. And, and sometimes the image is like the hobbit in the garden and gardening and pottering. But I love that your expertise. And joy and true delicious is the pottering with numbers and just that love of, you know, as a as a chief financial officer, an, an auditor, an accountant, working with especially like startups and innovative companies and, and various hedge funds. There's an innovation required in that accounting and, and real creative thinking. And it's interesting to see how the hobbit executes that is this love of the numbers and the love of the form of them through these spreadsheets and the love of being really creative um, to support the mission statement of the companies and to support their growth, but by accounting to, like, having the accounting sink, sink there? And so I think sometimes when we're thinking about hobbits, we we forget about how, like, the pottering in form can look like that.
1: Yeah, that's so amazing that you say that. I can really feel and see that. And sometimes when I do Excel spreadsheets, like, we can copy and paste a lot. It can go really fast. But sometimes I just like just punching in formulas. I I love the formulas. And I love watching tutorials and learning about that craftsmanship that Excel is, for example.
0: Yeah, I I think it's really neat. And then... um, you know something else that that you tend to do really well is like you, you can edit when people are you know writing if they if they've written mission statements or if they've written whatever you're really good at or if they've written to you the the goals of the company or where something's going and as a consultant i see that you really really shine editing that material for them and helping to be helping them to get more simple and straightforward in their own processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, I enjoy that. Um, do you have any little light bulb moments that happen for you? Like little shocks? Um, not just the original, like, oh my God, I'm a hobbit. But like along the way, there's sort of these moments where you're like, just a light bulb that went off that went, oh, the, the way I've been doing this in the past, if I do it my more authentic way, and then this light bulb comes off?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You know, I have, I have quite a bit of conditioning growing up in this family of dwarves and humans and extroverts, and then came in this little sensitive hobbit. Who's <laughs> <It was laughs> so, naturally an introvert? Yeah, naturally an introvert. Yeah, so it was challenging, and, and the dwarves were just running it as a labor camp. We were in labor camp. Every vacation was a labor camp. And the packing stories we have, like imagine like seven-year little Zoe, you know, packing to go to this cottage in the mountains, no electricity, no water. We were going to ski for ski to get there. It was just hard work. Uh, and packing has been such a stressful thing in my life, packing to go traveling. Traveling in itself for a hobby is a little bit, you know, out of our comfort zone, So, uh, but one day I came home from a travel and I just thought to myself, okay, what if I just leave my luggage in the hallway and I don't, I go rest instead. I don't have to unpack everything right away. And, um, and then magically things just got out of the suitcase on their own when I needed them. And (laughs) I started doing the same when packing, because that was also such a stressful movement for me to pack coming from that story. Um, And just open the suitcase a few days before, going in my closet, looking for something, finding a sun hat and say, oh, I need that in California, I'll put it in my suitcase. And things just got in the suitcase. So that whole packing experience, those things that just makes my life so much hobbity and cozier,
0: easier. (laughs) (laughs) Easier, so much easier. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And also I love that you can see that synchronicity that you'll just find what you need. As you touch and potter around your space, it'll make its way into the suitcase instead of that dwarf tempo that is like executing a task. And I I love the way that you say that. Like for a hobbit, it comes across as a work camp. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) For a dwarf, it's like maybe awesome, but for a hobbit, it feels like a work camp. It
1: does, yeah. I I saw another thing this morning. You know, we had labor camp because we had a huge edible garden. So we would just labor in that from early spring to late fall. And so gardening for me when I moved on my own was not a thing I wanted to do. So, and I think as a hobby, it's in alignment, more in alignment to be in the garden, just be with plants. But I have kept myself away from that, from that labor camp um, conditioning. So this morning I was sitting in meditation and actually went outside because I felt like I wanted to be outside. And in the grass, like these luscious greens and the oak trees. And then I saw these um, lemons on the ground falling from the tree and
0: I started picking them up and it was so sweet. Congratulations. (laughs) Today is the first day that you find the Hobbit connection to the trees and the fruit and the grass. Yeah. There's maybe a big future for you. Yeah. <laughs> Could be because <laughs> yeah. you can apply the skill set that you had at having this huge garden, but without the labor camp, you know, container and just the sweet pottery joy of of that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's still elements like like maybe that like as like as a hobbit prior to this morning? You might say I'm atypical because. I don't really garden, you know, <laughs> like I'm not really green thummy. Um, is there any other things that you sort of feel like your atypical hobbit that you kind of have a little flag might be conditioning?
1: Um, yeah, I was sitting with that question. I think I'm a, a fairly a hobbity hobbit. <laughs> um, but I was thinking of this one thing, because when I listened to the last episode where you talked about avatars and how they meditate... Um, And you were talking about hobbies have a natural, more natural to go into the body and find stillness there. I can actually find stillness right away. So I go, so going into the body because there's been so much body uh, karma, it's harder. I got kicked into this mental loop. So what I found is that I go to stillness right away. I, I stay there for a little while and then I can feel into the body without being kicked into this mental loop.
0: I think that's fantastic for people to hear, too, because um, it's really easy to hear about the avatar and then create some rules for yourself. And it's like, oh, if I'm a hobbit, then walking meditation or coming into the body is going to be the way I have to meditate. And so I think that's a really beautiful thing to bring up, that it's like you're very traditionally a hobbit as all this conditioning is burnt away, as the elf is burnt away. And what we're seeing is that you know, your capacity to hang out in silence is immediate and quite deep, and it's through that portal that you re-enter the body. Just, I just think that helps liberate, liberate and lubricate some of the rules that people might have, you know, as, that we, as humans, we like to pick up this, like, tell me how it's supposed to be, <laughs> so then I know, and then I feel safe, <laughs> and, you know, and I could know in advance Um, So it's beautiful to hear about that. I Mm -hmm. like it. What about um, really like more relaxed moments of coming home to yourself, like in a more confident way? That's a great question. So, you know, you were talking about me working
1: as an independent consultant and within finance and accounting. And um, as working as a CFO, you often don't have the time to go into details and you're working on a higher level. But I've actually found that I enjoy working for the CFO also. Because then I have time to go into details. I can go sit with the Excel spreadsheets. I can do the analysis. I can get the work done. So uh, I also really enjoy those assignments where I'm working for the CFO. And, but coming from the conditioning of you know, having a corporate career, everything has to move fast, it just took me a while to just realize, oh, I can't, I don't have to be the, in the top position in finance. I can. I can really enjoy being just working for the guy or the girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that Samwise position, right? Yeah, exactly. I I can. I really, really have a lot of fulfillment if I'm a Samwise. Yes. You know, like and just that support consultant that's able to hang out with the details. And I think that's probably like. An incredible service to be offering. It it is cool to hear. It's like I don't have to be this top position all the time, and I can have a lot of fulfillment. But also, just like, and it, but it doesn't create. It's like erasing the hierarchy, where it's like still an advanced skill level, still kind of a a, a really skilled performer. But it, but it's just like, but this is what's delicious because something we've talked about a lot is in our podcast is the the not good enough belief system that a lot of hobbits really struggle with um, because they're, for instance, their pathway is slower or they want to do these more details or they, you know, want to be in a, in a place of, you know, whatever, if like the second in command, which isn't necessarily true of all hobbits, but um, I think that, it, it's part of a nice demon, – demonstrates nicely, like, we can all just do our thing, and it, it doesn't – we don't need, like, hierarchies. We can just, like, erase that a little bit, and then when everybody's in their right seat assignment, um, and yours being the consultant to the CFO, where there's so much fulfillment there, It the fulfillment and the joy er- – are organically erase the hierarchy stories hmm exactly we're just doing what's in
1: alignment and it's just creating something bigger yeah,
0: yeah. M- way bigger it's yeah. really really cool um okay let's talk about like a couple of moments like you really feel like you had a lot of opportunity to burn off conditioning both the wharf conditioning and elf conditioning are there like any kind of memories or moments that stick out for you that as you inhabited the avatar in a deeper way, as you said at the top of the thing, it it just really changed your life in many ways.
1: Yeah, I've had many moments, and I can say that one of the recent ones has been uh, discovering pottery. Um, It was a friend of mine who did some sculpting in pottery, and I saw that and she realized, oh, I want to try that. And then it's just exploded. It's just like it's opening. And my mind would be saying, how have we managed to stay away from pottery so long? But then it's like, no, it's so ripe. And I found my way into it by, like, I'm into the details of it. I like car- I like carving stamps so I can stamp that into the clay. And uh, I started off wheel throwing because that looked cool <laughs> and fast, uh, but my back got a little hurt, so then I started hand building and it's so much creativity there, it goes slower, so it matches my pace as a hobbit, and it's so much creativity and you sit around the table and you collaborate and talk. It's like a different experience than sitting at the wheel, so it's just been this exploration of. This is so in alignment. I love it so much. And just finding, because there are like a million different things you can do in pottery. So just finding my, my way of doing it has been so much fun. And it just comes up underfoot. Like these classes I can take or these YouTube videos. And then I have a dear fairy friend who's taught me I don't know how to use Instagram. It is like...
0: Ah. It just is such a joy sparkling out of you. I love that question, like, how did how did I have missed pottery <laughs> yeah. all these years? I'm a hobby. How did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but then also something
1: you said, that it's so ripe now. So it just, everything just comes naturally. Like, I don't have to go and search for anything. It's just right here.
0: You might have spent more time at the wheel had you not been so anchored in being... The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. You could feel the the offness of it sooner, um, and move over to hand building um, in a slower pace, more confidently. Yeah, like, you know, you spot the misalignment and more confidently move towards it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's also been so great. I have two boys, are
1: like they're yeah adolescent now, but uh, growing up with them and coming from this conditioned dwarf human state and everything had to be fast and just my way. Um, And then moving more into finding what... Well, one of them is a hobbit and one of them is an elf, like a very pure elf. And it's been challenging with the elf because we were very different. And before I had this avatar understanding and this this tool and um, we would fight. We, We would have a lot of friction and fight. Um, but just finding the way with the, the other hobbit. We both love cooking, so we would find cooking classes together, and we would cook at home. And then also more more understanding for the elf way, and then exploring more with, with the elf. So one example where we would usually have fights was he would come in the kitchen, he would put some a pot or a pan on the cooking top, and then leave with the heat on. And we have induction, so it's really fast. And I was like, no, you can't do that. It's going to, you, the oil is going to catch fire. You have to stay in the kitchen while the cooking top is on. And he was like, no, mom, I'm dying inside <laughs> watching the water boil. <laughs> That's what it's like for him. And then having the capacity to, under, to have understanding for that and that we could find um, a solution together. Like this cooking top comes with a timer that actually shuts off the electricity. So he has to put on that
0: one before he leaves. It's brilliant. It's great. So instead of this natural friction in this fight, um, there's a shared vocabulary. Do you think it got more peaceful for the elf when you started to find more hobbity um, habits with your hobbit child? Like in the, if you're cooking in the kitchen, was there more space for the elf to either just do his thing or join you without feeling pressurized to behave hobbity. Yes, there
1: absolutely was. And there was more space in me to allow him to just go, go off on or do his own thing. Because hobbit to hobbit, we could, you know, potter around and cook. And he doesn't have to be involved. Like, it doesn't have to be this family clan thing that I was coming from, that everybody we do together, always. Yeah, that dwarf conditioning. <laughs> yeah. So that that was, it's been great.
0: So is there a way that you talk about the avatars to other persons um, or people in your life, like the kids?
1: Yeah, we talk about it, and they they both listen to the podcast. And, uh, for example, I've been, um, the oldest, the elf, has been applying for jobs in freelance uh, contracts. And it's been so great to just sit with him and and. Um, assist him a little bit in in writing the applications and then learning what he's so good at and just be amazed that he's so good at this stuff like strategizing and ideas and and getting all the feedback that he's actually been getting from his his peers and his teachers at school for this and then being able to just witness him in Taking that in as an elf, like yes, I am good at this. This is
0: my; these are my strengths. And it feels like the kids take to the avatars pretty quickly. It doesn't need a lot of language. No, or... absolutely, they've
1: just taken to it so quickly. And Christian just told me that uh, he's been listening to <laughs> like ten episodes <laughs> in a row, and he loves the podcast. And we just Potter even even though he's uh, we're on the phone together, like we just even Potter on the phone, just sit and
0: talk a little bit and just yeah (laughs) how nice to share that with the kids um what about in your industry um you know do you end up um can you talk about avatar types to people around you or like just knowing it how does it affect the way you're in and out with different you know consulting jobs so you're meeting different a lot of different people all the time what do you see
1: well, yes, I do meet a lot of people and, um, coming in as a consultant and sometimes there are shorter consulting assignments. So I always just potter around a little bit in the beginning <laughs> and see. And then if there's someone I noticed that could be sensitive or open, open to this, this type of discussions, I just bring it up. Um, What do you say? How do you say it? Well, I say, you know, um, one thing that's been so valuable in my life is to learn about the avatars or human suits that we wear. And uh, it's, first of all, just very valuable for myself to learn what avatar I am and what is alignment with me. But then also being in a family, being in a workspace, to know what the others are so we can... Uh, have a better understanding for each other and we can collaborate in a different and much more aligned way. And so there is this great podcast that you can listen to. And I am a hobbit and I say a little bit about what it's like to be a hobbit. and I talk a little bit about the different avatars. And then they're always curious to know, well what do you think I am? And so we explore that a little bit.
0: Yeah, and the, the response obviously sounds like it's really positive because they're like, "What am I?" Um, do you feel like there's a trickle down effect then in the following days or weeks or whatever that you're that you're working with them? They they become more open to different ways of working or collaborating.
1: Yes, I can see that. Yeah, they're like asking a little bit questions and and then saying, "Oh, I've been doing this for years, and this may not be the best way for me to do it." Yeah. And even if there are people I meet at work that I don't talk to it about because I don't experience them as being very open to things, I can s- normally sense what they are. And then I can yeah, have more understanding. And the way we collaborate together becomes easier. Just by me you know, owning my avatar and seeing what they are. I don't, it doesn't always have to be like a communication between us. But it's not natural.
0: I love that. That's really great. You can just mm. sense the type of communication or the style of communication that the other av- the other avatars are going to need mm. without even putting words on it. You just can change the style of presentation.
1: Yeah, and uh, the last assignment I had, the um, CFO was a Hobbit, and I noticed that's the the reason why I saw him was that in in so early on, was that he. Didn't want to meet me right away. He wanted some time to, to prepare
0: for the meeting.
1: That's how I just,
0: oh, he could be a hobbit. <laughs> and then did you find that having two hobbits working together on the same project, like do you natural, find a more natural affinity to other hobbits or does it, it's irrelevant once you know, once you sense their type, you just can work with their process?
1: It was really lovely to work with a hobbit because our, our spectators, sp- Um, pace was similar and we would sit and collaborate and explore together, have the time for that even though he was like CFO and had less time available Um, I also find it very sweet and natural to work with fairies I'm a little
0: bit intimidated by elves I must say it's very (laughs) hobbity to love the fairies and be slightly intimidated (laughs) by the elves, they're just too cool they're so cool yeah so, and then, um, yeah. Do you find you, but you must be in environments with lots of elves in your work life.
1: Yes, there are elves. So just see them fast paced and then f- just focus on my, focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. And deliver that to the best of my ability and then they can just move on. And, but yeah. But they're great ideas. Yeah. And <laughs> but then it's really also really good to have time estimates. Like I would say, well, I would need a day or that, or I would need a full week on that, for example, just to give that upfront,
0: right? And to like not be feel pressurized by that elf pace as a hobbit working alongside that elf system, yeah. throwing in those time yeah. time stamps for everybody. That's a great tool. It's a great tool. I still
1: feel the pressure, but I've learned that it's better to throw in those time tools because
0: it gives me space to do what I really good at. Great. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's been really sweet to share this time and hear about your own integration and your own authenticity. Thanks for being here today.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been so great. Lovely.
0: Okay. <laughs> thank you for listening. We obviously love hearing what you think. Your feedback helps us make a better show for you to listen to so feel free to comment and you can do it at facebook which is the humans decoded podcast and um if you're not on social you can always email any questions to us at outreach at dot com. and um thanks for listening we love you